0: Hey mamas, it's time to rise and grind. It's me, Brittany, and I'm back with Christian Mom Uncensored, the podcast where I dive into all the real, raw, unfiltered mommy struggles and all the things from marriage to raising babies to making decisions to leaps of faith to trials and tribulations. You know it all. Thanks so much for stopping by this Thursday. Welcome to Christian Mom Uncensored. guys, guess what? He's here. Baby boy, Elliot Aiden has arrived. And I have so much to tell you guys about his birth story. It was actually kind of a whirlwind. Um, Some things happened I didn't want it. Some things happened I did want. But aside from that, I have so much to tell you guys so much about the first week of being home and being a mom and also the raw, real like emotions because it's up and down. It's high and low. And it's insane. Like having a baby is a really big deal. Like, so if anyone tells you otherwise, like after you have a baby, you just went through war. Like it is exhausting, but let's get to it. Let's get to the podcast. I am so excited. So let's talk about Elliot's birth. First, let me tell you about the, the times leading up to getting to the hospital and stuff. So the whole week before, I tried to make it as fun for Mia as possible. It was a really emotional week for me. I think anyone at the end of their pregnancy is emotional. Uh, for me, I was feeling frustrated because I just knew this induction was coming. My doula is amazing. She did some Reiki, which was just like some meditation and stuff, um, a couple days before my Scheduled induction. I had taken Mia to the pumpkin patch. We had um, gone to the park a bunch that week. We painted all these different like crafts. We painted pumpkins. And um, the day before my induction, so Tuesday, we went to build a bear and um, built a bear for Mia and for Elliot. And just even that walk in the mall I was hoping would do something. And then Tuesday night, remember my induction scheduled Wednesday, Tuesday night, we came home, um, had dinner. And at that point I was exhausted and I knew, okay, tomorrow really is the day. Um, so that night, I'm going to tell you, I laid in bed and bawled like a baby. I was looking at pictures of Mia as a baby and uh, just, like, all of the pictures from when she was born to, to present. And I was just crying. And I told Ethan, I called him because he's always in the basement playing Xbox or whatever. And I was like, babe, I can't stop crying. Like, this is Mia's last night. As an only child, her world's about to change. And for me, I think when you are going from 1 to 2, and it might be the same from 2 to 3, I don't know. But it's just, like, really emotional with your firstborn. You know what I mean? Like, it's always just been you two. You probably hear Elliot, like, little grunts, um, in the background. So, um, yeah, I was super emotional and honestly was kind of, like, concerned about the next day, uh, just knowing that there were some things I wanted to get done around the house. There was, um, had a doctor's appointment and I knew Mia had to get to my mom's house. Um, although my mom said she would pick her up after work and it was also our wedding anniversary. So our scheduled induction was on our wedding anniversary. So when I woke up on Wednesday morning, I was again, really emotional. I knew like this was my real last day with Mia because my mom was going to pick her up at five. Um, but I also knew I had to get to a doctor's appointment, uh, I was supposed to drop me off at my grandmother's and have my grandmother um take her over to my mom's and Let me tell you, Wednesday was a whirlwind, and it felt like so chaotic so let's get into the start of all of that so Wednesday morning comes, and I make me a breakfast. I pack her like a little bag to go over to my grandmother's because in my head, I had a doctor's appointment scheduled at one. I wanted to go get checked just to see how many centimeters I was. Um, at my previous appointment, I was only one centimeter. So I was like, whatever. And I had some questions about the induction. So I'm minding my own business and it is 10 o'clock and I walk into the, um, the kitchen. And I look at my calendar on the wall and it says my doctor's appointment was at nine o'clock that morning. And I was frantic. So I was really stressed out because I wanted to make sure like everything was good with my doula. Like what did the process look like? I know with inductions, um, if you're truly getting induced and you aren't really dilated, they might give you something called cervidil, which they basically insert inside of you. And you typically go to sleep overnight. And in the morning, um, they might take that out, see if you, you know, have reached a four or should come out on its own, if you have or something, three or four centimeters, and then they start you on Pitocin. So I felt like if that was going to be the case, there was no reason for my doula to come to the hospital at night. Anyway, so I was stressed out and I had to get to this doctor's appointment that I thought was at one o'clock. It was at nine o'clock. And at the time I'm realizing it, it's 10 o'clock. So I call the doctor's office and I'm like, hi, I just missed my appointment. I have an induction scheduled for tonight. Um, Is there any way I can come in? And they're like, we don't really need to see you unless you want to come in. And I was like, well, yes, I have questions. It would be ideal for me to come in because like most doctor's office offices, or maybe not most, I can play phone tag with mine and I knew if I had a questions that they might not get to me or they might call me and I might miss it and my whole life was already a mess and now I'm stressed out because the original plan had been uh, around noon I was going to take Mia to my grandmother's and leave her with like a day bag. My mom already had her um, like weekend bag packed for the hospital stay. Um, it was already at her house. I left it there earlier in the week. And um, I was going to drop me off at my grandmother's, go to my doctor's appointment, come home, shower, kind of get the house ready with anything else I wanted to do, and then grab me and Ethan a really good dinner. But then I missed my appointment, and that messed everything up. So I called the office, and they're like, remember, it's 10 o'clock. They say, can you come in at 1030? I live... 30 minutes away. So I say, Yeah, I'll be there. There's no time to take me anywhere. So I um tell Ethan, he's like, Go, basically just leave me up with Ethan, rush to my doctor's appointment and um get there. They check me. I'm two centimeters dilated. Um, Doctor White tells me that I can just go into the hot, like I'll call the number, make sure it's good to go in and my doula can come. It's probably a good idea for her to walk through the doors with me because it might be hard for her to get in otherwise. So I'm like, okay, great. Thanks for the information. Tell my doula, uh, I'm two centimeters. So we still are probably going to have a long process tonight, but we are supposed to be at the hospital at eight o'clock. I'll meet you there. Come back home and now my day is kind of tossed up in the air. Because now Mia is going to be home all day. And I need to finish getting some things ready. There was just like some little, like I wanted to vacuum. I was wiping down all the surfaces one more time. And um, just like picking up Mia's toys. And so luckily that's when my mom told me, I'll bring you guys dinner. And I'll come pick Mia up at 5 when I'm off of work. And I was like, okay, perfect. That sounds great. So basically all day, I'm kind of cleaning. Ethan keeps Mia downstairs with him for most of the day, which had me a little emotional because I, you know, I wanted to spend time with her, but I guess I wouldn't have anyway. And Elliot's about to cry for the boob. So hold on. Man, I'm t- anyway, so I wasn't super emotional um, about saying goodbye to Mia then, but I do end up getting pretty emotional about Mia <laughs> pretty much after that, after that point. So we are kind of getting ready to go and we get in the car and go to the hospital Ethan's very calm. I'm very pumped. Like I'm dancing in the car. I'm like, we're going to have this baby. I'm about to have whatever I want to eat tomorrow. Cause at this point I'm like, I'm for sure going to have the baby by noon on Thursday. And then I'll be able to have whatever I want to eat. Cause remember like with gestational diabetes, my diet has been kind of like, I wouldn't say like crazy restricted, like you can get away with certain things, but it has been so I told him the hard part isn't the um the like wanting to eat like bad food or something like that. The hard part for gestational for me was figuring out meals that we would typically have that we couldn't have anymore. So like I couldn't eat spaghetti. I couldn't eat stir fry. I'd have to do like spaghetti squash and then also make spaghetti or and cauliflower rice and also make Um, Rice And those are just two meals. I had to think of like that and like a ton of snacks and like all of these things that were kind of annoying. And then um, I had to have a snack at 10 o'clock and inject myself with insulin. And like, honestly, I'm early going to sleep where 10 o'clock was like pushing it because at the time I was working. So anyway, goodbye, gestational, hello, freedom we get to the hospital and I'm having some contractions. My doula shows up and we get to the front and they, what they do at the front is they kind of, they scan your temperature, ask you some questions, give you a mask and send you to wherever you're supposed to go. So I get to the front and, um, she's like, the lady at the front is like, are you all together? I'm like, yes, we're going to be induced tonight. And she says, oh, I have some bad news. Um, They're only allowing the spouse in for labor and delivery. Now, I know this information is false. She said it just this information just came down. And um, I'm like, well, I had a 10 o'clock appointment this morning or 1030 appointment this morning. And my doctor told me as long as my doula had her certifications, she was good to go. So um, this felt like roadblock number one. Okay, but the roadblock ends up being fine because, um, basically the lady at the front was like, well, I'm just going to send you to labor and delivery and they can deal with you. Just act like you're crazy and you need her for emotional support or something. And I told her, thanks. We're good to go. We go up to labor and delivery. We have no problem, by the way. There is like a security guard, um, stationed in front of labor and delivery, And we had no problems. He didn't ask any questions. He was like, oh, you're the doula? Cool. Um, And I was like, perfect. And we get there and it goes pretty smoothly. They check my weight. Um, I guess because I was being induced, triage looks different. Uh, I know like when you go into labor and let's say your water broke or it didn't, and you go to triage, they check all of those things. Like if your water broke, how many centimeters you are but this is my second time having a baby at this specific hospital and they do all like everything in the room. But I guess again, I was scheduled for an induction. (sighs) So here's a couple of, this is where like God really steps in because I have been feeling emotional about this labor because I knew at some point I was going to want my mom and I knew she wasn't going to be there. And I was thankful she wasn't going to be there because that meant that Mia was going to be somewhere where she's going to be 100% happy, safe, and having fun. But at the same time, labor is really hard. It's a lot of hard work. And um, I just knew I would want my mom. But we get there. And as we're kind of going back to my room, my doula stops and is chatting with the head nurse. And they're really excited and happy to see each other. And her name's Faggy. Ah, uh, Kristen Fegi, I think, and um, she's an amazing nurse, and she actually trained my doula. So here I am in a hospital with somebody who, um, lo- like does natural birth. She nat she had all of her children naturally, um, and everything. And she's our head nurse, and she trained my doula. They know each other. And it's amazing. Um, they're both Jewish. So like they're both from the Jewish community. It's like really, really beautiful. So when we get to the room and we're checking in, um, she, we were originally in a room that didn't have a bathtub. We moved to a room with a tub. Um, and the room was actually like a little bit nicer uh, than the other room. And she was amazing my whole entire labor. She was so sweet. Like I have so much affection for this, for this woman. So we get there, we get situated, we get settled in. Doctor comes in to check me. It's a resident. She's young, she's black. And I'm like, whoa, look at this, a black chick. And I'm happy because being a person of color, having a person of color care for you just felt safe for me. Nothing wrong with like any other doctor like I've had you know with me I had different doctors. But but with me again I had a person of color. My the person who delivered me was was black too. But um so it was just kind of nice. And she checks me and she says you're at a 4. And I'm like, "What? I'm at a 4?" And she's like, "And your water broke. So this isn't a really an induction anymore." Um, she goes to check with my OB, who's like the head doctor, to see what she wants to do. And um, immediately ask, well, can we hold off on Pitocin? Can we get a peanut ball, which is just like a ball that's shaped like a peanut that you put between your legs, and it's supposed to open you up. Um, my doula is immediately like, want to get in the bathtub. And I'm like, not yet. My contractions aren't regular. And they aren't super painful, but they aren't regular. Um, so she says, sure. checks with my doctor. My doctor's fine. She was like, since you're already progressing on your own, kind of do what you want for now. So that was amazing. And that's what, that's exactly what we did. I did the baby mama dance, um, the nurse that we love was in, you know, in and out to check on us. I was able to eat in labor. I know that a lot of times in the hospital, you can't, but I was like snacking on golden grams. I had packed some applesauce at some point. I think I had a little bit of that and for, for the most part, I wasn't really hungry when like in the throes of labor. I don't think hunger was ever a thing for me, but also I was snacking the whole time. So like I had energy um, sorry, Elliot's nursing. If you just heard him like sucking, so that happened. Super great. Moving it on. Um, at some point, they check me again. It's like m- closer to midnight. Yeah, closer to midnight, and um, I'm still out of four. So. They say, we're going to give you some Pitocin, but just like a little tiniest bit. And literally, it was like a drop. I saw it um, to kickstart your contractions. And Veggie was like, even like, she was like, we can even, you know, we'll stop it. We're just going to start Pitocin. And then once you have your contractions and they're regular, you can get in the bathtub. We can stop the Pitocin. You can continue laboring in there. That never happened, by the way, but it was like good to know that was the option. It just never got, it just didn't work out that way and it's fine. Um, so we are doing that and we're looking at the monitor and we're seeing that I am having contractions and I'm kind of being fine with them. I, I do have to kind of breathe through them, but they're not intense yet. Cause I remember when it got intense, and so at that point, everyone decides to kind of have a break, take a nap. Um, my doula, Dale, she goes to the lobby, Ethan goes to sleep on the couch and I kind of try and sleep. So I put on my headphones and the plan is to like, try and get some sleep. At this point, I miss Mia. I think I Facetime my mom and Mia cried. And I mean, here I am in a hospital gown, in a hospital bed, my two year its nighttime. Um, this is way before midnight this might have been like like nine or ten o'clock um or maybe nine Mia was awake this was earlier this is one of the times I got emotional about Mia and she cried and you know I was like just trying to update everyone on what was going on and so because she cried I cried because I was like she misses me and um all of these things and and I went to put on headphones to go to sleep, I put on her lullaby playlist because I couldn't go to sleep. And I was like, this will help me. We always fall asleep to this. And I didn't get much rest. So that's like the beginning part of labor. So at some point, now this is closer, this is when it's midnight and after the Pitocin had started, um, I started moaning through contractions. And They, at first, when they first hit, and they were painful, I remember moaning through my first one, and then being like, when it was over, being like, oh, okay, that was hard, but it's over, and they got so bad, so then I remember going to the bathroom, Ethan went to the, helped me through the bathroom, and I'm moaning through them still, and they just got so intense, um. I'm about to get a fussy baby. <coughs> All right, baby is back on the boob, so you should be fine. So contractions are getting intense, and they're Ethan is sleeping mostly through at at this point. Um, my doula is the one who is doing um, doing like comfort measures, like pushing on the hips and. Um, she's offering her hand and all these things because at this point I'm still like laying in the bed because my children are hard to monitor on monitors when I'm in labor. Mia, they had such a hard time monitoring Mia. They had to like keep fixing it. And maybe this is the same for everyone. Let me know. And they had to do the same with Elliot. Like every so often, um, Feggy would have to come in and, I fixed the monitor because she couldn't find him. But unlike with Mia's birth, it was never a cause for concern. Um, he did... His heart rate, he did jump around with contractions and things like that. But he was fine. Figgy would come in and she would... Like, just be like, oh, blah, he moved again. Or gonna... Like, she was never like... It was never urgent. While with Mia, they were... Well, one nurse was fine, but the other nurse uh oh, Okay, Okay. The other nurses were um like, "Oh my gosh, this baby's heart rate. We need to put an internal monitor on." And I was like, "Listen, she she's usually on this other side." And they wouldn't listen to me. Anyway, so uh eventually Ethan does wake up for a minute because now contractions are like, I'm moaning through them. And my doctor comes in and she's like, I'm going to check you. She checks me and we are at a six. And I'm like, okay, we're at a six, four more to go. And mentally, I was like, oh my gosh, okay. It's going to get way more intense these next four centimeters. And, okay, this is where things kind of become a blur, but not really. So we keep going, keep going, keep going. Contractions are intense. Um, What I would do during contractions, which is like my thing, is I would be like, I would feel one coming on. I'd be like, okay, it's coming on. I can feel it coming on. So that whenever I said that, like my doula and Nathan would kind of get into comfort position, and then it would start, and I would like moan through it, get louder as it peaked, and then I would be like, "Okay, it's coming back down," or I'd be like, "Is it coming back down?" If it was really painful, I'd be like, "Is it coming back down yet?" "Is it coming back down yet?" Because you can like see the contractions on the monitor, and like you would see it start at like thirty, jump to one forty, one fifty, and then go back down, and so. Something that I shouldn't have done was, like, a couple of times during a contraction, I watch the numbers go up on the scale and just know that, like, that's how much pain I'm about to be in because it keeps climbing, (sighs) which I should have just, like, felt it through it. And, um, aside from the couple of times I looked at the monitor and did that, I was really focusing inward, really focusing on, like, getting through it, really focusing on, like, relaxing my face, relaxing my jaw, not tensing up. And I think that's why this labor was so much faster and so much easier, um, than me is, but I mean, easier being relative. So at three o'clock in the morning, I am in so much pain. I am like, I cannot do this anymore. Somebody check me. I have to be, I have to be done. They check me. I'm at a seven at this point. I'm devastated because now it's 3am and it's 3am and I just know it's going to get worse and it's not over yet if I'm at a seven. I should have felt like, okay, maybe we're almost there. But I didn't. I felt like I don't think I can do this. So after a couple really like more painful contractions, I try out on my hand. I try to get on my hands and knees. I try to lean over the bed. Nothing's working, and also they're having a hard time monitor monitoring Elliot in those different positions, like on hands and knees and over the bed. So during one contraction, no one asked me anything. No one said anything about pain medication or anything. I yell, I want an epidural, and I'm crying. And at this point, Ethan can't really say no to me when I'm crying. Dale, the doula goes. Did you hear that, Peggy? And tells the nurse to go and um to go ahead and put it in. And I I know that I yelled I want epidural and then I started crying and then it's this whole thing where I'm like I was like I was crying to Ethan between contractions going I just know that this insane amount of pain could be done like I could go to sleep like it could be over like I could not be in this amount of pain I could like not have to deal with this for however many more hours and just knowing that relief was there just sent me over the edge and wanted it made me want to go ahead and get one so um The anesthesiologist is in a C-section, so he'll come when he's done. So in the meantime, I'm still working through contractions, Um, but it wasn't that long. He came pretty quick, and his name was Greg, and (laughs) he was my savior. (laughs) He was so sweet to me. Like, we were just chatting. We were talking about, you know, the whole procedure, giving me the go to get it epidural or not. My platelets were a little low. So he was like, um, but I'm ruling that you'll probably be fine. And this time, with the last epidural, so with Mia, I, if you remember her birth story, I got, I had Stadol, which is a drug, and then I got an epidural, and the Stadol made me loopy. So by the time it was time to get an epidural, I was having contractions, but I don't remember them being as bad as it was this time with Elliot. Also, I got an epidural when I was maybe like four centimeters or something with, with Mia, three or four, like still really early in, in the labor process. But with Elliot, it was much later into the, into labor. So, um, he was really, he was so great with me and he should be, cause I guess, you know, I'm in labor. But Greg was really great. I was, uh, he was prepping me. And then I'd be like, can I move? Cause I know you're not supposed to move when you get it. And he'd be like, I haven't started anything yet. Cause I would feel a contraction coming on and I would moan and I would move through it. And then I'd say, okay, it's coming down. And I'd be okay. like, can I move? And until he got everything ready and he was really great. He was like, you're doing great, sweetheart. You're fine. Um, and then he got to the point where he had to put it in and he was like, you might feel this, you might feel that. And, um, he put it in and I was like, is it in? He was like, yep, you're good. And I um, laid down and, and we kind of waited to see if it worked. And it did work, um, but it, doesn't, it didn't take away pain. So the thing with the epidural is people think like you're just going to be numb. You're not going to feel anything. And with Mia, that was the case until... It was getting closer for me to actually push her out with this, this epidural, we asked for it to be light so I could still feel, um, contractions and they felt like a ton of pressure and, um, I was still like moaning through them, but it took the edge off. Um, so it was kind of like a walking epidural cause I could move my legs. I could, they wouldn't let me walk, but you know, I wasn't numb. Like I could move my legs. Everything was fine. And nanny there I could sit up I could do whatever I needed to do and at that point everyone goes to sleep so this is when things get intense <laughs> here's his delivery so at this point I get the epidural everyone's gonna go to sleep Ethan goes back to sleep um Dale my doula sits in the chair and she's gonna sleep and I'm gonna sleep I'm still kind of moaning through contractions after a little while. So I got, I want to say I got the epidural around 3 a.m. Um, after a little while, it could have, it could have been a different time, but for, for the sake of this is what I think. That's what I think it was around 3. Um, she goes, do you want to get checked again? And I said, no, because I was kind of bitter. I was like, I'm just going to be a seven again. And I'm just going to have to go through this and go through this and go through this. So my doctor does come in at, at six o'clock. Okay. To check me. So by 6.15, she's checking me and she says, no, you're still at a seven. Because around six, I started saying, I feel like I'm going to poop. I feel like I'm going to poop. I am gonna feel like I'm going to poop my nurse faggy keeps um, saying it's okay it's the pressure it's the baby coming down like it's fine you're going to feel the pressure dale keeps saying if you're going to poop poop like i don't like i don't care and i'm like guys no i feel like i'm going to poop like this pressure i feel like i'm going to poop so i do get checked and my doctor says you're at a 7 this is at 615 I say some bad words in my head. I say, okay, I'm going back to sleep. If I'm only at like 6.15. I mean, if I'm only at a seven. Guys, I'm on I'm, I'm new mom, no sleep mode, trying to tell you guys this story. So my doula says she's going to take a break. She's going to go to the lounge. She's going to sit down. She's going to take a break from the room, do whatever she needs to do. I'm going to rest. So, I'm by myself in the room with Ethan, and all of a sudden, I feel like I'm really about to poop. And this is what pushing feels like. It feels like you have to poop, just so you know. If anyone didn't know, that's exactly what it feels like. So, I start calling Ethan. He's asleep, he's knocked out. I'm like, babe, babe, babe. So, finally, I yell, babe, loud enough for him to. That's my little newborn. Hold on now. Something he's upset, so finally I call Ethan over. He jumps up half asleep, funniest face ever. However, I'm in the middle of like real labor, and I'm like, Babe, I feel like I have to poop. He's on the side of the bed, and he's looking at me like, Okay, it's okay, you got this, it's okay, you got this, is what he says. And I'm like, No, and then I tell him, I feel like I'm pushing, like, I can't stop. So all of a sudden, I'm like, Pushing, and he's like, Okay. At that same time, Faye, the nurse, comes in because Elliot's monitor, like, is not working again. And I, I tell her, I feel like I have to poop. I can't stop pushing. And she says, no, 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 don't push. You're not at a 10 yet. Don't push. And I remember with Mia, I felt like I had to push for a while. And it was, like, the most excruciating pain trying not to. With that epidural was like a full epidural. So like I couldn't feel it. Like with this one, I could just feel myself pushing and I couldn't stop. So faggy comes in to fix the monitor for Elliot. I'm telling her I can't stop pushing. She tells me to roll onto my side. She's just going to take a look to see if I'm actually pooping, I guess, or something. She takes a look and her words, oh my God, you're crowning. So Elliot is coming out now. This is literally 45 minutes after I got checked and was at a seven. And my doctor was like, yeah, we still probably have some time. So this isn't exactly 45 minutes, but it's probably 30 minutes before. That's when things get crazy. People, doctors are rushing in now, not even doctors, just whoever's on call, whoever's nearby. So like some nurses run in, um, and they are like, telling me, roll over. All right, Brit, now we're going to push. We're going to push. He's here. And I'm like, I I knew I, I was really pushing that baby out. If Faggy had not come in to that room, I would have pushed Elliot out on the bed with just Ethan. Um, the only reason Faggy came in is because his heart rate kind of, uh, like dropped and he, they couldn't see it on the monitor. And it's because he was coming out. So, um, at that point, everyone is like Brittany, push, Brittany, push. Ethan, my my doula is still in the lounge taking a break because she thinks we have some some time. She asked if I, she asked me if I, she could go. I said, yeah. I just feel like I'm gonna poop, but nobody's listening to me. Like everyone's telling me, it's fine. Like you know, you can't push it. You're not. You're at a seven. So Ethan tries to call our doula but doesn't. So. Um and push him out. And at 7.06 AM he's born. And so at like, so I would say 30 minutes after she checked me is probably when I started pushing. And then, you know, 15 minutes later he was born and it was crazy. It was like 7.06. He was born. He came out really fast. And, um, I did end up like tearing a little bit first degree and like got stitches so the only thing that kind of sucked is because he came out so fast and because his heart rate had declined on the way out they took him right away to mon- like to check on him instead of putting him right on me and with me as she was right on me so when he wasn't directly on me um I was like, what is going on? He did cry and I was very upset. And, um, I was like, babe, what's going on with the baby? What's going on? I was like, go to the baby, go to the baby. And Ethan was like, no, I'm not leaving your side. So he stood by me and Dale went over to see him. And basically they were, they thought maybe his blood sugar was low. Cause he was so jittery and, um, So they were checking all of that. Turns out his blood sugar was fine. And actually his blood sugar was fine the whole time in the hospital. Every time they checked it, it was, it was above, it was perfect. Um, and they gave him to me and they were like, he's fine. And he nursed right away, guys. He latched on and nursed right away. So now we're going to get into like a little bit about my postpartum care and our time and stay at the hospital this might be a long episode. I'm not sure where we're at on time and I'm going to keep going because Elliot is now asleep. Mia is on the way home. This is a good time for me to keep chatting. So he ends up nursing right away. He is a breastfeeding champion, guys, knock on wood. Um, He was born at six pounds, 15 ounces, which is so funny. Um, He was 20.4 inches. Mia was 21 inches and was six pounds, 14 ounces. So I told Ethan, I think that's just how big my babies get. I think I can't carry babies past that weight because I'm only 4'11". Like I'm short. Um, even my doula was like, you're kind of narrow, like your hips are narrow. They're not really wide, which she thought would be a problem. And, um, but it wasn't thankfully, obviously I just pushed him out and, I just feel like that's just the weight my babies are, and I don't know if we're gonna have any more. But it would be interesting to see, like how much the next one would weigh. So um, our care, our stay at the hospital was pretty good. Lactation came in a couple times. Here's what I don't like about hospitals: is we wanted, to, I wanted to go home pretty much the next day, Friday. But they said I had to stay for two nights, so we had to we were gonna leave on Saturday, and um, that made me mad because I didn't wanna. I wanted to go home. I missed Mia. At that point, now I have her brother. I'm emotional, and I want my other baby. I just want both of my babies. Um, the hospital stay was fine. The food was terrible, but we survived off a of subway and terrible hospital food. <laughs> I guess because of COVID, things are different. I remember with Mia, the food was a lot better. That was two years ago. Um, The main thing that was different this time was every time I was going to feed him for the first 12 hours, I had to just let the nurse know so they could check his sugar. And he had to pass, I think, like four times within the 12 hours. And he did. And then after that, they didn't have to check his sugar anymore. And he is a a champion. He was born at 6 pounds, 15 ounces. By the time we left the hospital, he was down 6 pounds, 10 ounces. By the time we got to his first doctor's appointment, which which was Monday. So he was born Thursday. His doctor's appointment was Monday. He was 7 pounds, 4 ounces. Like, he gained all of the weight back and some. And so I was like, wow, he is a super eater. The thing about the hospital that I don't like is not the people checking in on you to give me. Anyway, so the hospital stay was fine. I wanted to go home on Friday, ended up going home Saturday. My mom brought Mia over. I was super happy to see her. Mia was so funny when she met him. He She was like, oh, so cute. Um, yes. So it was the sweetest thing ever. And, um, it's been interesting. So let me tell you about some of these challenges and then I will end the podcast. So coming home, there's just like a couple different challenges. I feel like that I've been going through since coming home, um, Well, when your milk comes in, you're just super engorged, which is fine. So I ended up having to pump in the middle of the night on, I don't remember which day, guys. One night, and then the next night, I had to pump again in the middle of the night, but not as much. Like, I I tried not to. And we'll see how tonight goes. I will probably have to pump at some point in the night. So just, like, regulating milk, but also trying to keep that supply up, um because you know that's my biggest concern but with the way he eats I will probably won't have a problem with supply um I don't plan on really leaving him for the first year with any like like I don't plan on working in an environment where I'd have to leave him so I'm not too concerned about pumping all the time but it is nice to have a storage uh, to have a stash of milk um I realize that it is really hard when you have when you go from one to two and I think that's where I've been having the hardest time. one I'm postpartum guys I'm hormonal the hormone drop is hitting me um, baby blues is hitting me. I'm not going to lie it is like one of the ugly parts about postpartum with Mia when I have baby blues I just stood over her crib and sobbed at how much I loved her Now I have been sobbing about and I can always tell when it's the hormones cause it's like an insane amount of tears and a, like, emo- and like an emotional reaction. Um, but really just missing Mia. And what I mean by that is, uh, because I'm up all night, Mia can't come into the bed in the middle of the night and go back to sleep with me. Cause it's just, if I, I'm up every two hours, she's going to wake up every time Elliot wakes up. So there's that. And, um, making sure she's getting enough attention and love and trying to teach her good boundaries with Elliot. Like, yes, you can hold him. Yes, you can kiss him. Um, But like, be gentle. Or, you know, if I have gotten him down to sleep, this is a good time for me and you to go play. Or let's go have a snack. We don't need to bother him and stir him and wake him up again. And so for me, the hardest thing has been feeling like I have a lot of mom guilt in terms of spending time with Mia and making sure she knows she's loved. She gets lots of cuddles still. I, I will hold him and hold her. Um, I, um, just give her lots of love, but it has been, it's been hard. And, um, because I love them both so much. And I know her world's changed so much. And Ethan, when it comes to, like, disciplining her or telling her no in this period, like, he'll still do it. He did, He's not, you know, second, he doesn't give it a second thought. Where for me, I'm not trying to baby her, but, like, she's still my baby and I want her to know, like, it's okay, like. If she does something, she's not in trouble. And it's also hard because, you know, she's 20-something pounds. I'm not supposed to lift anything over 15 pounds. And so I can't lift her and, like, carry her. I can, like, hold her. She can climb onto my lap. But there's times where she's like, no, mom, carry me or pick me up. And, like, you know, give me another week. Yeah, like, I just need to heal a little bit. So it's been kind of challenging on that end. And I. I don't know. I just want to make sure. That both my kids feel super loved. And secure. And I think Elliot does. Because he's always on the boob. So that's his safe place. Um, and I think Mia does too. But it's been hard. And the other thing that's been hard. Has been. Acknowledging that. It's only been a week that I'm still recovering, and that life isn't going to be normal. And it's pretty much taken me this whole week to realize that it's okay for life not to be normal for another week. It's okay. You can try to get back on schedule. You can try and do all of that next week. You know, um, really right now, the goal is have your both of your kids been fed are they both clean and have i been fed and am i drinking water and that's enough if mia is if ethan is having to sleep with her or put her to bed and ends up staying in the bed with her that's life right now if um you know he ends up having to take her downstairs and puts her for down for a nap in the basement while he's working, you know, that's life right now. Um, you know, as soon as I'm able to, to lift her and to go up and down the stairs more, things will be different. But I think I was just getting so frustrated with my limitations. Um, because I was like, we were doing pretty good at sleeping in her bed and we're kind of regressing. And I think that regression's normal, but it's been kind of hard. So, that's what we've been going through, but I feel super blessed um Baby blues are a thing I don't know if people get scared to talk about them because they're like, "Oh, it's postpartum and you want to label it postpartum right away or something like that um depression or something, but um I can always tell you know when it's baby blues when it's like the surge and the hormone drop and all, all of those things and it's hard. I'm telling you, this boy nurses the whole time. My boobs are cracked. They're dry. They hurt. They are engorged. And I look crazy and ridiculous. And my house is a mess. But these are like little moments where, okay, but I'm cuddling my newborn or, okay, I could do the dishes or I can stop and play a game with Mia. And it's just remembering the dishes don't matter. My kids do. You know what I mean? The dishes will get done when they get done. Right now we're all adjusting and the adjustment honestly is a hard adjustment. For me it's been it's felt hard, but um I've mommed before. I know what I'm doing with Elliot. Like I'm it's everything's coming back. It's just learning how to navigate with two. So yes. Well, this is the end of the episode, guys. I am exhausted. It is 7 o'clock and Elliot is asleep. I'm going to wake him up for a feeding around like 8.30, 9 o'clock. We're going to hang out and then when he goes to bed, I will go to bed for the night. Um, and we will see how it goes. I did read that the ideal time for a new, a bedtime for a newborn was like 10 or 11. That's not realistic tonight. I'm too tired, but. We'll test it out on the weekend when Ethan doesn't have work. And I'll do some more research about sleep. Right now, we're just in survival mode. But that was Elliot's birth story. He's amazing and handsome and so sweet. And I just love him. And Mia is in love with him. She keeps going and saying, what's wrong with my Elliot when he cries? And she goes, oh, I love my Elliot. And I love my mommy. So And then, you know, I love her so much, but thanks for tuning in, checking out his birth story. Sorry if it's been all over the place, if it got interrupted, if I don't make sense, I'm running on little sleep, little fuel, lots of love. You can follow me on Instagram at Brittany Jane Stewart. You can listen to the podcast wherever you're listening to it now. Maybe it is on Apple, Spotify or Anchor. Um, if you are listening on Apple, please, please, please rate and leave a review and I will chat with you guys next week. Not sure what we're going to chat about yet, but I'm sure I have lots to tell you. And especially like the difference between having a boy and a girl and all these other things. But thanks for tuning in. I will see you guys next Thursday. I love you. Stay safe. Moms we are amazing. Just being in the beginning stages again is hard and we are really, really amazing. So all you mamas out there, hats off to you. Have a great, safe, healthy week. Bye-bye.